Hello again, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast, the only thing I can rely upon. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. Hey, my name's Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And there are many ways you can listen to the Geek Down Podcast. First and foremost, soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Follow us on there. Every time a new episode goes live, you will get a notification as well. iTunes, top right corner. Super easy. Click subscribe. Super easy. New episodes to your device. Uh, automatically automatically you don't easily have to do anything nope well except for subscribe did hit the subscribe and hey if you want to leave us if you want to click one of them star buttons down there and give us a rating uh we would greatly appreciate that as well slowly amassing ratings yes on the old itunes i don't know who's doing it but thanks y'all sincerely thank you it, it's so important because we don't get any stats from itunes whatsoever we have no idea what's going on nope if you would like to take credit for leaving us a glowing review, you can reach us through all the socials at GeekdownPod, pretty much. Yeah. Except, of course, the Facebook group. Ah, uh, yes. The Facebook group. Which is www.facebook.com forward slash GeekdownPod. It's where you can reach me, because I'm not on any other social media. Only place you can reach Caitlin. Well. How's your weekend been, Jordan? This weekend was stupid stupid but last weekend was great let's talk more about last weekend friends sunshine bubbles and scarlet ember had an alarming amount of social time we did the other weekend we busted out of here we recorded on saturday night and kate was really like you know let's let's go get dinner afterwards and i'm like i'm like if you want to bring food like there's a mcdonald's she's like no let's go let's go to dinner let's go like actually like go somewhere I'm like, why are, why, what, what is, what is your big issue with this? And Kate says, we don't do anything but the podcast anymore. It's true. I'm like, that's actually very sweet. So yeah. we went, went up to what was formerly goo, but is not goo. <laughs> the way you say that makes me so happy. Because goo is now in my neighborhood. I think it's called Kinka. It's an Izakaya place. For those who don't know, Izakaya is primarily for the consumption of beer or sake, but they also have small plates as well. Most notably, it's the place where, where you walk in, a bunch of Japanese people go, and it's amazing. And it's just yelling. They just yell. For your entire meal. They're the whole time. so excited. They yell when you leave. They yell when you get there. They yell when food is ready. Yeah. Just yelling. It was fantastic. Kate and I didn't really talk a lot. As a result, well, we talked a little. Was, we talked a little bit. There was lots of yelling going on, but hey, good times. And thanks for thanks for instigating the social outing, Kate. Oh, you're welcome. Kate always follows through. Always remember when she makes plans. God bless her heart. Well, except when it's about the podcast. <laughs> yeah, when she just third Tuesday, Thursday, what? <laughs> uh, and then the following day was Kate's surprise, but not surprise birthday birthday Would party she- that she knew was happening and when it was happening, but not where. Or, or any of the other details. Or, or that who was going to be I didn't there. know that there was going to be a fun Caitlyn slideshow. Oh my god, that was amazing. A fun Caitlyn slideshow for a Caitlyn who doesn't like taking pictures. <laughs> yeah, the first thing I said to uh, fill-in host Kayim Dar when we walked in, I was like, oh, she's going to be so pissed. <laughs> I was not amused. And it wasn't even, if it had all been pictures from my childhood, it would have been great. Oh no, but we got some, we got some awkward... Ten-year-old Caitlin in there. Some. some, I I got awkward immediately at eight, until now. What was a? What was it like a semi-formal? What was purple dress? What was purple dress, Caitlin? What (gasps) era was that? So 
my friend Ren and I, I've talked about it on the show, uh, we've done LARPing. We mm-hmm. like coming up with costumes and all of that stuff. So we were coming up with all these costumes. We decided to take some pictures for fun. And so I had all these fun costumes so, of me in like a, a semi-ish formal looking dress. So there was no reason to wear this at that moment? No. <laughs> it was just us being nerds and liking to take fun pictures of like us in costumes and doing costumes and that kind of stuff. And uh, then my mom got her hands on those pictures. <laughs> And decided to show everyone at my birthday party. Actually, not my favorite uh, photos from that slideshow. The favorite one, which, God, Lord, if I could get a copy of it, would be on the Facebook group now, was uh, Caitlin's headshot from her uh, Wiccan cover band. (laughs) What are you talking about? It's like that full headshot and your hair is like dyed black and parted straight down the middle. (laughs) And you have like black lipstick on and it's a black and white photo and it's like... You know, you were going by Moonstone or something <laughs> at that point in your life, demanding to be addressed as such. Uh, it was a very brief point. And I think a lot of it has to do with the black and whiteness of it. I don't think I ever wore black. I can't pull off black lipstick or else I would <laughs> still be wearing black black <laughs> lipstick. Um, but yeah, so super awkward pictures, but great party. Lots of my favorite people. It was lots of fun. Yeah. Falafel balls. Falafel balls. See? It's great fun. Great time. Um, and anyone who's listening who was there, thank you so much for coming. I had a great time. For any of those people who weren't invited, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> and for all our audience, one day maybe if we get famous enough, um, we will have a giant party. And, and invite I w- all of you. And I would just like to say, hey, Fiona. Don't, don't do that. No? Don't talk to my sister through the radio. She doesn't even listen to the podcast. She doesn't even listen to it. It doesn't no. matter. Uh, all right, so... As for the listeners, oh. though, we have talked briefly about something. The anniversary of the show will be here before we know it, and we have discussed something. Yes. To my amazement, when I brought it up, Caitlin was like, yeah, that'd be cool, instead of, damn, are you crazy? <laughs> so, I like meeting people in person. So maybe. I, do, I like meeting people in person. I don't want them to have to, like... I am unbelievably unphotogenic. <laughs> so people have even told me, wow, you look a lot better in person. So there you go. I have been told this. Uh, and if you're not on the Facebook group, if you ever wondered what the hell we look like, there is what will probably be the only photo this decade of the two of us taken together. Possibly. It's buried back in there by now. But hey, if you want to see the gorgeous faces behind these rich silky voices there you go go to the facebook group um and uh also i mean i I know you said your weekend wasn't fantastic no i just fucking sat around ate doritos and watched luke cage okay that sounds amazing but (laughs) anyways my weekend was pretty good i went up to sudbury and i'm gonna stop you right there and played D. &D. (laughs) okay there was D &D in sudbury (laughs) i've never heard my weekend was great Followed by, I went up to Sudbury Yeah, very I got, often. I got to play the Curse of Strahd, which is a D&D adventure. The Curse of Strahd. Yes, and I've never had the chance to play an actual D&D adventure where they sort of lay out everything that happened. That was like a pre-made one, not where some exactly. DM like decides everything. No. and is uh, that more or less fun? Because I, I hadn't done it before. I wasn't sure what it was going to be like, but... I had tons of fun, and a lot of it has to do that, you know, they set up a lot of, as a DM when you're doing a set story, you get to change things in it and and 
and decide how your characters interact, but they do a lot of the background for you mm. and they do a lot of the um, the coloring of the story for you, which was fantastic. And this one happens to be uh, Strahd is a, is a count and is basically Dracula and you're basically in... Um, in Transylvania, and it's it was fantastic. I had a really good time. Curse of Strahd. Yeah, we didn't finish it because you go from level one to like twenty. No, uh, but we only got to I think level seven because <laughs> I got to like level fifteen. I was like, Jesus, you're right there for two days. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had a great time. And anyone who's looking for a fun D and D adventure, go play uh, the Curse of Strahd. It's lots of fun. Won't be me, but if it's your bag, have at it, kids. Well, before we get into anything else, yes, we need to discuss a follow-up to something from last week, a.k.a. the best moment in the history of the Geek Down podcast, uh, when I pulled from out of nowhere what your oh, Patronus was. Yes. It was a hedgehog. It was a hedgehog. Go on my Instagram. If you've never listened to the episode, I've highlighted that 45 seconds. <laughs> you can watch the video there. My favorite moment ever. Inspired somewhat by this, I was like, I have zero investment in the Potter universe, but mm-hmm. for, for S&Gs, since I found it, it was free because I thought Pottermore charged you for everything. Um, No, no. I th- we talked about it last time, but they don't. Yeah. So I said, well, fuck it. I'll go do some magical quizzes. Yeah. I'm already calling shenanigans on this whole process because it's sorted <laughs> me to Gryffindor. Gryffindor? Gryffindor. Yeah. I'm obviously a Ravenclaw. Oh, well, yeah, I'm a Ravenclaw, so yeah, you're probably Gryffindor. Horseshit. You're no nobler than you think you are. So uh, also in this, um, get your you get your Ilvermory house. Get sorted in that. Yeah. Which is the North American Hogwarts, right? Yes, yes, it is. Um, So we will now see if Caitlin is as adept at guessing (sighs) Potter esque details about my life as i was hers uh what do you think my ilvermorny house was ilvermorny house sure um i'm going to guess that it was the was it the horn serpent no oh um uh the lightning bird or whatever it is yes yeah the thunderbird 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 go it was Thunderbird, yes. Uh, I'm not going to have you guess my one. I'm just going to tell you what it was, because it means nothing to me, but this may mean something to you. Uh-huh. You can tell me what the hell it means. Uh, it is Blackthorn Wood. Okay. It's a dragon heartstring core. Ooh. It is 12 and a half inches in length. It has hard flexibility. Because <laughs> it keeps it hard. <laughs> um, I'm, I got to research that. That sounds really cool. I like a stiff wand. Oh, jeez. Nami. And she will never guess. She will never guess. But okay, can I can I try for the Patronus? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it an orca? No. Um, we'll, we'll give you five. Okay. Uh, Not an orca. Is it? Do you do you want do you want a, do you want a, like a family like a species like? Let me mm. narrow it down for you at all. No. Oh, oh, jeez. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's not an orca. Um, is it? Uh, some kind of dog. Mm. Fox? Closer to that, but... Weasel? You know what? I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> what was it? Stoat. Oh! Which is basically a weasel. Yeah. Well, look at the... Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I hadn't even seen Stoat fly up on anyone else's. Uh, I'm very disappointed by this, by the way. But. Everyone, you can't be disappointed. It's not like a, no one, we don't get, like, it's not a spirit animal, right? Like, it's not supposed to be a representation of you. Do you want to read to the public what are your Patronuses? Well, it doesn't say anything, right? Like, yes, it doesn't it give does. me any details. No, it doesn't say you spe- say anything specifically yet about each character, but it does talk about. Are, are you playing with your Patronus now? Well, it said is this way is going to tell me what it said. Touch dragon no, release. No, it's just gonna it's gonna show you your Patronus. Yeah, There's, there he is. Yeah, running around, little ferret thing. Yeah, that'll stop a Dementor. The point, <laughs> the point uh-huh. of the Patronus mm-hmm. is to harness a power in yourself that you didn't know you had. Well, apparently, I don't have much. As they, a particular story on Pottermore, Pottermore describes that someone held off a whole, a whole team of Dementors with, with a mouse. It's not about the size; it's about what you do with it, Jordan. Like with my 12 and a half inch wand? Would you stop? My hard flexibility 12 and a half inch wand? It's a children's story. (laughs) It's a children's story. So there you go, friends. Stoat, which is just a fancy word for weasel, is my Patronus. Okay, I can see that. And the tumbler you gave me that explains the the details about that. They haven't gotten to the stoat yet. Someone will. Because there's like 300 fucking animals or something (laughs) that you can be off of this. It only asks you, like, five questions. Like, I don't think the finite math really works out there for all, like, the combinations. Like, if you answered, like... there's it, There are more options than conceivable answers, so it's still, like... Possibly. Pull some shit randomly. Yeah. But, yeah, no. I I'm really enjoyed the Patronus test, and, uh... And I feel like people really should embrace their Patronus. Don't try... Don't be upset with your Patronus. It's never what you expect it to be. My happiest memory connected to a weasel. Weasels are fun-loving and joyous. Listen, I'm going to put them out there on blast. Because I put it, you know, same same family, right? But any of these people who own, like, ferrets and shit? Yeah. I don't trust them. You don't trust people who I don't trust them. It. Get a real pet. I want a hedgehog. I'll give you a hedgehog. It's like guinea pig adjacent. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's the same thing. A ferret? It's a rodent. It's an actual rodent. People own rats. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're sus, too. Ugh. I I've never had many pets, so. You ever had many pets? No. Tragic. I know. I've actually never had a pet of my own except for some goldfish. Tragic. I know. You should feel sorry for me, and then give me a dog. <laughs> you know, somebody tried to tell me once that it was weird to go to a dog park without a dog. <laughs> well, yes. No, someone likened it to like you know being the old man who hangs out at parks watching children. I was like, it's not the same thing. And you know what? I went on one, like, third date once where that's what we did. So, shouts to you, Katie. <laughs> Didn't work out because she wasn't into me like that, but she had no problem going to the dog park without a dog and petting random dogs that came by the picnic that's table while we chatted. weird. <laughs> fucking dope. Oh, though, now that you mention it, you might just see me at a dog <laughs> park. <laughs> sounds awesome, doesn't it? It's just dogs everywhere, and they're having fun, and they're running around, and... Uh, I've got to spend some time lately with a couple of dogs, and they made me so happy. Who knows? Maybe soon you'll hear stories about Caitlin and her dog. You have you have a yard, don't you? No. No, no yard. No yard. No yard in the Hamilton estate. <laughs> no. <laughs> there are lots of dog parks around. 
telling you. Yeah. Maybe I should Start really pick up friends. Pokemon Go and then walk to the dog park. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just hunting Pokemon. I have no interest in, Petting in, this, Welsh cor- in this Welsh corgi that's run over <laughs> and is curled up on my feet. I have no interest in that. No, I'm here for the Bulbasaur. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. All right. Well, with that, All right. We have a podcast about nerdy shit. Yeah. Let's do that. Hey, you like Harley Quinn. I do. Can't believe we forgot to talk about this. So apparently the success or failure or whatever of Suicide Squad was not enough to deter Warner Brothers from doing two things, one of which was give Margot Robbie, the woman who played, the actress who played Harley Quinn, a what they call a first look deal, right. which basically means whatever... She has a production company with a partner or whatever, and whatever they develop, whatever they buy, whatever they decide they want to make, Warner Brothers gets first dibs on. Right. And they sign a deal. They give her some money and say, like, whatever you do, bring it to us first, and we get to decide if we want it or not. And in that as well, that was the one bit of news. The second bit of news was that this sign of good faith, I guess, with Warner Brothers came on the heels of her signing on to do the Harley Quinn spinoff movie. Which is very exciting. And not only am I seeing here, and granted, this is Hollywood scuttlebutt, Hollywood Hollywood dirt. Yeah. So who who knows exactly how accurate this is? So I'm seeing here that Warner Brothers has yet to comment, but the scuttlebutt is that this is not just a Harley Quinn movie. The movie will also reportedly feature several other DC female heroes and villains in addition to Quinn. <gasps> so you're getting something more akin to. What they call it, Gotham Sirens? Was that one of them? Um, or... Well, they, I, and I, I don't want to say Birds of Prey because they tried the terrible Birds of Prey TV show once and that didn't really work. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Gotham City Sirens or Gotham Vixens or something. Actually, those are all terrible names. Don't call it that. But Sorry, someone actually gave me those DVDs and I had a hard time getting the first through the first episode. But the Birds I, of Prey? Yeah. I still those are promised, on DVD? I still promise to watch a couple more. Whew. So I will let everyone know how it, how it goes. Yeah. Maybe it was just before it's time, because Gotham is still around. Well, Gotham's on like the third season. I it, have no idea how it pulled that off. It was before it's time, and the production value was really low. <laughs> Not good. Really low. This is pre, pre-Arrow pre Flash, anything else. That show would probably kill now. Oh, me? yeah. So, yeah, that's the that's your news there. You are definitely getting a Harley Quinn something, or something I, with Harley Quinn at the center. I'd really like there to be a Poison Ivy. I'd like it to be a Harley Quinn Poison Ivy. Harley Harley and Ivy would be would be dope. I would enjoy that partners in crime so yeah there you go who knows how this is going to shake out we know literally nothing aside from it's going to exist but that that's just good news that why won't we just keep it here <laughs> just want to leave it there just leave it here you can get a harley movie that's exciting all yeah, right i'm happy about that that's pretty much the extent of the news i have this week my pottermore quizzes and harley quinn that's what i had well good thing i have quite a bit of news oh good lord can't all be star trek not none of it is star trek shut your mouth (laughs) i do not believe you none of it is star trek hit me luke cage luke cage did it break the internet or did it break netflix yes it did did it apparently or people are making jokes about it because everyone was watching it except for me because i was playing D &D. everyone well we'll never know that because netflix doesn't release numbers this is all anecdotal but it's all like how many people on Twitter were using the hashtag. And there's a whole bunch of live tweeting going on about Luke Cage. Well, if you can't trust live tweeting as a measure of statistical data... What can you trust? Apparently nothing. Right? 
We will talk about Luke Cage later in the episode. Fantastic. I don't think Kate's going to enjoy it, but... Don't say things like that. Save it for the pod, Jordan. Ba, ba, ba. Uh, Westworld is out. It is out. Mixed reviews. I've heard good things. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but... Uh, I've, I've scoured, because it's another show I'd really like to watch, and I've heard mixed reviews. Apparently, yeah, very troubled production for this. Which like, I had no idea about. Like... They'd stop and, and go. Yeah, a they like times. did the pilot mm-hmm. and then like canceled it and came back and like it's yeah. yeah, like you said, stop and go a few times and now it's now I don't know, maybe HBO was thinking like, Yeah, Thrones ain't gonna last forever. Yeah. And but I mean, for those of you who don't know, Westworld is based off of a nineteen seventy three film. It was written by Michael Crichton of Jurassic Park fame and ER. Um and and, and Sphere. And oh, of course, and Sphere. How could I forget? How could you? Um, and it's in the 1973 film is is does a good job of being a mix of eerie and weird and fun. It's a lot campier though, isn't it? Oh well, yeah. It's a 1973 about <laughs> robots. About about a virtual amusement park. Yeah, <laughs> cowboy robots. Of course it is. Um, and I I watched the trailer a couple times because it looked really interesting, and I'm I'm. Really interested to see it. I th- was hoping I would get, I would see more positive reviews, but you know, you can't trust everyone's reviews as we've talked about many times. People are all over the place. Isn't Anthony Hopkins in this? It is. He is crazy. Yeah, and there. Oh, I there's new Justice League news. You just had Justice League news last week. No, I didn't. About the animated movie. But this is different. What's this now? <laughs> This is about um, the the new Justice League members for Justice League of America. Like in the comics? And like in the comics. Oh. Um, this is for Steve Orlando's and Ivan Reese's Justice League of America. They have four new members. They have the Adam, but the, the Ryan Choi version. Mm-hmm. Vixen, the Ray, and Killer Frost. Hmm. So it's a little bit more diverse. They're trying to add some diversity in there. Um, Getting some, for real, of, some real Giffen and Dematius JLI adjacent there. I guess, yeah. It's a nice way of saying B-listers. Yeah, I know. But I mean, you gotta you got to promote some of these people sometimes. <laughs> you know, they. for instance, one of my favorite episodes of Justice League the Animated Series or Justice League... Oh, whatever it's called, Unlimited. Heroes Unlimited. That's the one. Um, is you never remember the name of it because it's just. I just think of it as the Justice League. That's the only Justice League the Justice cartoon league cartoon I've watched. Um, so th- one of my favorite episodes was the episode where it was like literally all the B listers. <laughs> it was like the cowboy played by Nathan Fillion yes. and, um, and. Bright Knight. Is that his name? Shining Knight. Shining Knight. Knight. You, see, I don't even know their names. And Stars and Spangle. Um, yeah. Stars and Spangle. What are they called? Stars and Stripes. There you go. See? You know, I, I got You knew you what know, I was talking that about. Classic, that classic Silver Age duo. Stars yeah. and Spangle. <laughs> Spangle, look out. Spangle's a dog. <laughs> I really like this. This is just a collie with a t-shirt on. (laughs) Why don't we write more stuff together? On the board. (laughs) 
Can I you swear to God, if I see Star, if I see Star and Spangle in a new in a new Justice League movie. Um. So, anyways, they that's one of my favorite episodes where they they're at the parade and everyone's like, "We're Superman," and they're like, "But we're here." And then all the kids think they're awesome afterwards. Mm. Great episode. So sometimes you gotta promote the B team. Well, good luck to y'all. And I like the bit of diversity in there. You know, we need some more diverse characters as. As always. Also, totally random. I didn't even have this written down. Oh, God. She's going off book. Tim Burton is a jerk face. <laughs> I, You're going off book to, to put Tim Burton on blast? I, I adore Tim Burton films, especially 90s films. He is the Those Batman films are my Batman films. I know, I know. People can tell me all day long. How they, why they didn't like them, but I love them, especially Batman and Batman Returns. Great movies. But he, all his movies are set in, has some, have some element of fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. But for him, having POC characters is, it just, it doesn't work. Haven't you heard anything has about this? Has he said this, or is he putting? Are you putting yes, this on you? He no, he had. There was this whole. There have been a couple newspapers who've written, who've. Uh, who have run stories about Tim Burton and basically someone was asking him about the lack of POC characters and he was just like um I think that they don't work in my in my stories it's ridiculous and it makes me super super angry um because black people can't be pale Caitlin uh, or be part of fantastical worlds where people literally go to other dimensions. Samuel L. Jackson's the villain in Miss Peregrine. It's one. <laughs> you want more than one? Yes. How dare you? Anyways, sorry. Well, because just... because I've decided now going forward, and you know, we're thirty-five episodes in, I should probably we should probably do a better job of actually providing receipts for these things that we constantly <laughs> going like somebody said something somewhere. No, you meant me. I, I saw an article once. I do that. <laughs> no, lots of podcasts do it, but um, yes, Tim Burton answered a question about film diversity and potentially the worst way possible during a recent interview. Asked why his latest film, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, has a predominantly white cast. Burton had to say, quote, nowadays people are talking about it more. Things either call for things or they don't. I remember back when I was a child watching the Brady Bunch and they started to get all politically correct. Like, okay, let's have an Asian child and, oh, and a black. What? See? See? (laughs) The the good thing about getting receipts is you get my reaction to to (laughs) quotes in real time. It's like, did he actually say a black? Yeah. Like, okay, let's have an Asian child and a black. I used to get more offended by that than just, I grew up watching black exploitation movies, right? And I said, that's great. I didn't go like, okay, there should be more white people in these movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. So, just so angry. That'll do it. And I know that was a little off topic, but this is why I get so excited when there there are POC characters in like... The Ray is a gay man. Thank you. Just, I want more stories and diversity. It makes me happy. Everybody should just do these things because it makes me happy. And I know. Fuck your artistic vision. Do it because it makes Caitlin happy. See? It works. What else you got there, Broca? Oh, Voltron is coming back. 
Oh, well, that was pretty much a accepted, wasn't it? I know, but it's coming back this year. I have to finish that. <laughs> you haven't finished Voltron? I still haven't finished Voltron. I'm like two-thirds through. What? I think I finished Voltron within like And I was hotter out the gate for I Voltron know. than you, I think. I think I watched the first three episodes and was like, Voltron's amazing! And then you like binged it and I still haven't finished it. So the the new trailer for the new season is out. It is epic AF. <laughs> it it really is. You're, epic AF, y'all. I'm going to make you watch it. Let's watch it right now. <laughs> Radio Magic. Radio Magic. BRB. Well, they're really lean, leaning into Shiro biting it, aren't they? Maybe. Well, that Who was knows? always the thing in the 80s one was i don't know i didn't watch the 80s one in the 80s uh, his name was sven i think really? <laughs> the black the black lion pilot was named sven and he like died on an early mission or went missing or something huh. and the princess ended up piloting the blue lion cool i think and yeah there, there was like some rotation there where like yeah keith ended up leading the team and the princess ended up piloting one of the lions that's awesome it's one of the totemic things about the voltron lore from like the original or the go lion uh it's go lion we should treat go lion and voltron as different things the fact that at least as far as i got to watching the show that that hadn't been like leaned into at all right was surprising and suggested they were going a different direction but it looks like season two they're really leaning into that a lot of desperately calling shiro's name and a lot of him walking off into lights and (laughs) but it was epic wasn't it i sure okay Caitlin, what did we say? It was epic. What did we say last week, Caitlin? I don't remember. It was last week. Down with trailers. It's true. But I really like this one. So sure, it was fine. I'm not putting any, it's not even a basket. <laughs> just a pile of wicker. I'm not putting any eggs in it. <laughs> it was just, I just liked it. It was all Daft Punk-esque and like <laughs> random images and... And some things happened and I saw a lion and a dude <laughs> held a gun and I was like, that's all I need. I was really excited. Yeah. Uh, and that's coming back this year, you said? Yes, it is. It's supposed to be come back, coming back later this year. So that's also exciting and just in time for Christmas. So thank you, Netflix. Thanks, Netflix. For that gift. Yeah. And I think that's um, yeah, I think that's all the news. That's all you got. I could try and come up with some more news if you want. I'm sure there's other things to talk about. Also, are we are, are we shaving the Luke Cage for the updates? You're going to make me wait that long? Yeah. All right. That's fine. Yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll call the news because I listen, friends. Like I said, people are awful and flakes and bail on me all the time. So I just watched a lot of television the past two weeks. I'm so it's going to be Jordan's hot take TV roundup uh, in the in the third portion of the show. So yeah, maybe we just maybe just x out the uh, x out the news here and right. get into it. And when we come back from this short break, Caitlin and I will discuss the things we brought each other. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. I frightened Jordan with that one. Go right back in there. I hit record and she was off. I was. Because I'm going to tell you something, friends. I got a heart out today. Yes, he does. He has to go work. I got to go work. I came from work. He's got to go work. So let's get this shit done. Let's get it done. Let's talk about some nerd shit. Yeah. Well, we've already been doing that. But, you know, more more stuff. Been talking about nerd shit. More stuff. 
This is the portion of the show where we sit down and talk about the things we brought each other. But before we get started, we've got rules. Yes, we do. The first rule being? The rule of three. Which is the rule that Jordan and I have to read, watch, consume three episodes, chapters, things... I got I got a book this week, fam. I just read it till I didn't have time to read it anymore. So <laughs> it seems like it, it'll work. Got to about a hundred and so pages. And it's about a three hundred page book, so Yeah, I mean, one good. one third. I was always thinking that it would be one third of the book. Third ish. Yeah. Um second rule is save it for the pod. Hashtag. Hashtag. Save it for the pod. Which is the rule that Jordan and I will not talk about the things we watched at all. Until we are sitting in front of these microphones. Yeah, that's right. Third rule is not really a rule at all. It is more just a policy, which is there will be spoilers. Spoilers. Basically, from this point on, from the second portion of the show through to updates, spoilers may come out. Yes. Now, the things we watch slash read have been out for a while. It's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. But... If you were the type of person who absolutely does not want to know anything about something they might consume in the future, you should probably get going. Yes. Get Bye. Know, some noodles or something. Get somewhere. Out. Sushi or cheese. Go to an izakaya. Yeah. Have Japanese people yell at you. It's fantastic. You'll love it. It's good. All right. So who goes first? We like to switch every week. And this week, I believe we are starting with the thing that Caitlin brought me. Bit of a leftover. This was an item that Caitlin brought me back in early September, I think. I think that's right. And was going to feature on the episode where Caitlin was going to watch The Night Of. But if you go back and listen to that episode, I can't remember the episode number, but it's titled Hodgepodge because Caitlin could not bring herself to watch The Night Of. Hey, look, I tried. It was too stressful for Caitlin. Way too stressful. So we put the thing that she brought me on pause for a later date. This is that later date. And the thing I brought him is going postal. Which is a... It's a book. What? I think maybe the audience might have a little more investment in the series that it Oh, well, I was going to get to that. Okay. But, you know, I was trying to build up to it. We're chatting about it. We're chatting. Yeah. Just having a chat. So going postal... Friends like... (laughs) Going postal is, hey, you always say people love the chit-chat. Just trying to chit-chat it up, <laughs> chit-chat. right? Give me that extra chit-chat that we didn't give you last week. Yeah. So Going Postal is a book by the very well-known Terry Pratchett. And it is the 33rd book in his Discworld series. Damn. And that's not even... <laughs> Just look at the halfway point. No, not even. Uh, it was released September 2004. It was shortlisted for both the Nebula and the Locus Award for Best Fantasy Novel. There were some other things it was up for, but Terry Pratchett decided to withdraw. But still, that's impressive to be nominated for both. Yeah. The story takes place where most of the Discworld stories take place, which is in the city of Ankh-Morpork. Which is basically, it's a powerful city-state, um, and it does feature very heavily in his stories. 
if not the main place where action takes place. People mention it a lot in the other stories. Um, and it features the character Moist von Lipwing. Lipwig, sorry. He is the main character. He is a con artist. And at the very beginning of the book, it opens with him basically being put to death. Yes. Or so you think. Until the character Harlock Vedinari, the patrician, gives Moist a choice. He either accepts the position of uh, postmaster for the city's very rundown, dilapidated postal service, or he can walk out of the door and never hear from Vedinari again. But of course, leaving the door also makes him fall down a very, very steep drop. Probably to his death. So, Moist decides to become the postmaster. And that's where the story begins. Yep. In the story, there is um, action, intrigue, golems, a chain-smoking golem activist. And basically the story is about him kind of thriving in the role and, and turning the uh, the post office and the postal service around and also his competition with the clackers which are basically morse code it's like these it's the phone company basically. it's the phone phone company but they they deliver messages in morse code basically so jordan what did you think about the story why'd you give me this one because this is one of my favorite ones. Okay. That was basically what I was wondering. It's like, like you said, he's got like 57 <laughs> freaking Discworld novels. I was just wondering why this was the one. Like, you know, you had your one shot, you one opportunity to give me a Discworld novel. And this was the one, you, this was the one you gave me. I, I read this one out of order. And. It should be said to the best of my knowledge, like you can jump in and out. Mostly. Yeah. You're, you don't have to read all like 47. In, no. In order. No, but sometimes, like, I've started to read them in order, and as I was reading them in order, someone either mentioned it to me or they made a mini-series out of it, mm. um, so I think someone had said something about it or I'd seen it, and so I was interested, and I'd seen the awards it was it had been up for, and I thought, why not? And of all the ones I've read, I've liked this one the best. Maybe it's because I I have an affinity for the postal service, <laughs> or I I don't know I I like the story I like um I like stories where things sort of get turned around and people actually end up winning and I, I don't know there's lots of different things I liked about it I like the characters, but I just really enjoyed it because I mean this is my I've never read I've only read one other Pratchett thing and it wasn't even really a Pratchett thing it was Good Omens. It's pretty Pratchetty. His, his book he wrote with Neil Gaiman. I read that, God, when I was in like ninth grade, maybe. Um, but I never had the sense that like, you know, it's not like jumping into like, you know, the two towers first. No. It's like, there's clearly a world there, but it's not, I didn't have the feeling that I was like, there are a million things going on that I should know about and I don't. Yeah. Like, I didn't really have that sense. You can and, read and, it. And that's the other You can read thing. it pretty easily. Like I said, I, I read Postal Service, I'm uh, sorry, the Postal Service, Going Postal, um, out of order. Mm. And... When I went back and started reading more of them in order, I was wondering if other things would fall into place. And it really doesn't. He's no. pretty good at, at having you jump right in and take up with these characters. There's nothing that you're really missing. And so I thought it would be a good one to start with. And like I said, even though I've read way more of them now, it's still m my favorite one. So I want to give the people 
a idea of what Pratchett-esque-ness is. <gasps> Are you going to read some Pratchett for is, us? Is like, I just wanted to find the one. This is not like the best example of it. It should be, it should be said. So there's a uh, handful of footnotes throughout, or endnotes in the chapters. Pratchett to me is like as British humor as you can get. Yeah. We're just... It's one part like Amelia Bedelia, literal, very literal taking of things, as well as like pushing them to a ludicrous conclusion mm-hmm. in their literalness sometimes, and the way the words and phrases kind of like loop around in on themselves. Yeah, sort of thing. Very Douglas Adams. So, this is a scene where uh, Lord Vetinari is meeting with representatives of the phone company. Yes, which has um. Basically, the phone company, and this is something that I may come back to in a minute, or maybe I can just say it now. The book does some, at least as far as I got, has some, did some things satirically that I wasn't expecting. Basically, the beef is that the phone company has been privatized and nobody can afford it. Yeah. And it's falling apart because these, you know, rich goons. Have become very lazy. Have become very lazy and are just basically, you know, it's a necessary service, but it's been privatized and now it's, the people can't use it. Yeah. Still an idea that resonates. Yep. <laughs> and this is why Vetinari, for as evil and threatening as he is, why he wants to resurrect the Postal Service so that there is a, basically so we can stick it to these guys and yes. give people an alternative. So you're saying things there about capitalism and the marketplace and free competition and things like that. Mm-hmm. And bureaucracy. Which don't usually expect to find in a wacky fantasy novel. I was surprised to see that element of it. This is where Vetinari, is this a character that appears throughout uh, yes, yes, he does. Where he is meeting with representatives of the clackers, or the, basically the phone company, including the very uh, obese Mr. Horsefry. And this footnote is attached to the sentence regarding Mr. Horsefry. He had acquired at 30 an impressive selection of chins, and now they wobbled with angry pride. And then when you jump to the footnote, which is at the end, this was I found, when it starts to border on, like, you're doing too much. <laughs> Never too much. <laughs> and this is always the thing with me and Caitlin when it comes to British humor. <laughs> I believe there's a point where it's too much. Caitlin says, nah. But here's the footnote. It is wrong to judge by appearances. Despite his expression, which was that of a piglet having a bright idea, and his mode of speech, which might put you in mind of a small, breathless, neurotic, but ridiculously expensive dog, Mr. Horsefry might have well been a kind, generous, and pious man. In the same way, the man climbing out of your window in a stripy jumper, a mask, and in a great hurry might merely be lost on the way to a fancy dress party, and the man in the wig and robes at the focus of the courtroom might only be a transvestite who wandered in out of the rain. Snap judgments can be so unfair. You got about three examples in there. You were good after, like, one. I I like the examples. (laughs) And it's fine. Listen, on the written page, I can deal with this shit far better than when, like, you know, narrated in (laughs) Wubba Wubba in it. Like... (laughs) You gotta can, work on that British accent. I can deal with it far better on the written page. No, I didn't hate this. Great. <laughs> After that, I wasn't. I didn't know what to expect. No, I was. I was enjoying it. I think also just in general, you picked a good time to give me a book. I feel like my brain is starving. Just in general, <laughs> I feel like I haven't read a book in a very long time. Not that this is a real like you know brain buster of a tome to get no, through, but. No. Um, it was just nice to read something. And like I said, these these I like the character of Moist a lot, despite having the worst name in the history of literature it has enough it's more deadpan yeah and it's humor than a lot of other 
like the British TV series you give me. Like the humor mm. in this book was I found a lot more deadpan, especially the golem, Mr. Pump, who is named after, I believe. <laughs> Sorry, fill in the gaps here because obviously I read this in parts. I read like, you know, six, <laughs> I read like 60 pages a month and a half ago yeah. and another like 50 pages in the past week. So <laughs> I got to I'll do what I can. I believe the deal with golems is they're named after what their initial function was. I, yeah, I think that's right. And like his job was just to like pump water until yeah. they gave him something else to do. Uh, he's basically the you know watchdog of Vetinari. He's there to make sure what he's there a to do basically everything Moist asks him to do. Yep. And like to be his backup, but at the same time, should Moist ever get out of line, yes, he's his <laughs> mis- parole mis- officer. Mis- Mr. Pump will <laughs> end him. Yeah, he's his parole officer. Uh, and the conversations, the conversations they have, and Mr. Pump is very much. In the, you know, Drax, Amelia, Bedelia mode of, like, taking everything very, very literally. Yeah. The two... So, yeah, the, the post office itself is, like, completely run down. It is comedically bursting with dead letters. Yes. Just everywhere. And and they've sort of taken on a life of their own. Yeah, he's... The part I just got to, he's, like, hallucinating the past or whatnot. And this may have been what killed the previous, like, five postmasters before him. Because yeah. they're, like, walking out onto floors that aren't there. And... Yeah. And that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and just the the way Pratchett describes how the male, like, you know, moves. It's basically just like, you know, an ocean sea that every time he opens a door, this, like, torrent of yeah. male just comes floating out. And I like the little, like, you know, incremental steps that Moist makes, ugh, that he makes, that the protagonist makes towards, you know, accepting his role where he's just, like, out and about in the city. Yeah. And he had, like, a letter at random in his hand. And he walked by, like, the green grocer, and that's who it was addressed to. And he was like, oh, fuck it, I have it. Like, I might as well just give it to him. Hey, here's a letter for you. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it's a letter for you. I don't know. So, sorry, it's really late. But and it ends up being, you know, from his lost love, like, 50 years ago. And they yeah. were both. Then they both married other people, and their other spouses died. And now they're going to get married again, finally. After <laughs> Isn't that so happy? Um, <laughs> and, you know, shit like that. And then he decides to, like, he's at a point now where he's trying to figure out, like, well, if I can, you know, money solves every problem. If I can make the post office profitable, I can get myself out of this and turn it to my advantage. Yeah. Um, so he's starting to accept that. So, you know, going out to reclaim some, like, sign letters yeah. that have been, like, stolen by a hairdresser or something. <laughs> or, you know, delivering the odd piece of mail. He's just at a point where whatever's been going on with the post office up to this point is starting to reveal itself a little bit. I'm assuming this is all leading to a clash between the phone company and the post office with him in the middle. Um, it's interesting enough. Like I said, the, the things it's doing satirically with regards to those larger topics, like you know, capitalism in the marketplace and things yeah. like that. That's what keeps me interested. You know, things like a junior postman who's really into pins. <laughs> yeah, he is that <laughs> that's like, this is a very dumb British And meanwhile, thing. I'm like, yeah, he is in Japan. Jordan's here for like the big time. Yeah, let's give me some satire about capitalism. Caitlin's like, I'm here for pins! the pins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically our relationship in a nutshell. He loves pins so much, you guys. Um, although I will say, as a former comic collector, current record collector, crate digger, yeah. many of the things... Pratchett says, as Stanley the pin collector, <laughs> he ain't wrong. It's true. As Stanley goes out to get a few bags of pins, knowing it's probably not going to be anything in there. Probably yeah. not going to be anything good. But there might be. But there might be. And he's got to know. Yeah. 
it's the mantra of every crate digger who's walked by a milk crate in front of a thrift shop that you know is just going to be filled with nothing but like Neil Diamond records. But you're like, but there might be one thing. There might be. So I have to stop. Yep. I have to stop and I have to look. Uh, no, this is one of the uh, of the re- things you've given me recently. This is the thing I enjoy the most out of things you brought me recently. Finally. <laughs> finally. Finally. You didn't totally boof it. No, this no, this was fun. All right. And so... I mean, I know he's, you know, tragically, Pratchett is, he is still with us. No, he, he passed he away. He did pass away. Yeah. Uh, I know he, he contracted Alzheimer's. Um, he was very notable kind of in the, like, atheist, humanist crowd type of thing. Yeah. He contracted Alzheimer's and dementia or just Alzheimer's, I don't recall. But, you know, it was kind of like, while some would have been tempted to, like, you know, mourn the loss of this, you know, great wit, Pratchett was always like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and that's what's going to happen, and I can't change it, so... So I knew, especially, you know, nobody ever gives people their roses while they're here. I knew I had to, like, get to him at some point. I know people. I know you've been crazy about him. I have read him in the past. I've seen him. I've read short stories by him and seen his name pop up on a lot of things and mentioned by people I respect. I knew I had to get to him at some point. So thank you for making me get to him. You're welcome. I'm glad I could help. Also, Uh. important things. (laughs) Important things? Yeah, like ratings. How many kick punches? I'll give it an eight. Wow. Better than I was expecting. An eight. If I'm being fair, you know, it's, um, I'm only like a third to halfway through. I should give it like, you know, seven or a seven and a half. But I mean, he hasn't completely like veered off course. And like you said, this is like his what, 33rd book yep. in the series at this point. He knew what he was doing. Like yeah. he's, And I'm curious enough to see how these, if the things that are interesting me the most about it, how much more he's got to say about that, or is right. it going to be pins and golems? Pins and golems. Um, okay, and then our the, my biggest sense of what how people like something. Are you going to finish it? Well, I finished the book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's great. I'm very excited. I don't know when, but but you know, it's just you're going to finish it. That's awesome. Um, well, like I said, even just you know, I have to read this book. Oh, you know what? I actually miss reading. Yeah. Well, yeah. All this, I all mean, this TV and funny books I've been doing lately. I always find when I when I watch a lot of television, sometimes I need a bridge book to mm. get me back into reading, especially if I'm about to go and read something really heavy. Oh, yeah. And listen, you you look at that bookcase over there, you know, I still got fucking 900 page Murakami books to get through. Yeah. So, so I always like to it's get... A, it's a nice one to limber up with. Exactly. You know? And that's sort of Pratchett. He, he's a great writer. He's lots of fun. Very funny. And he will... Like, the humor is, the crux of his humor is, like, surprising, where he'll just throw, like, a phrase or a thought in there that you're like, yeah, this doesn't belong here. Yeah. But it makes sense in the way he does it, and that's, again, I, I need to find, like, you know, academic articles about, like, British humor, because I don't, I don't know, like, does this style, I guess it doesn't, I guess the pythons are obviously part of it, he's obviously part of it. Yeah. That kind of, like. Disjointed. You're saying stupid. Yeah. Smartly. Yeah. It's basically British humor in a nutshell, if I can paint with the widest brush imaginable. but Kind of. Next time on Geek anyway. Down, I give Jordan an academic paper. Yay! <laughs> We're learning. Um, all right, that's awesome. I'm very happy about that. Well, that's going postal. Yes. And that is available anywhere books are sold with all 647 other <laughs> Discworld books. Not quite. Also, uh, the first book in that series is terrible and is unbelievably hard to get rid- get to get through <laughs> that would be the color of magic yes it would be not a fan 
it's so hard. Well, he was he was warming up. Yeah. He didn't have it figured and then, out. And then he got it. It clicked. But that first that first book is really hard to get it. By book thirty three, he was on it. <laughs> he finally figured it out. Yeah, there you go. Moving on to the thing that I brought Caitlin. The thing I brought Caitlin this week is a bit of an apologia. I like that word. Because you took it a little hard last week with all the discussion about TV TV shows. Yeah, I did. You're right. And and things of that sort. And I thought you there, were wrong. There, there may have been some accusations of snobbery. Yeah. Hipsterism. Yep. So I was trying to think, is there anything from my dark and dusky past that I still greatly enjoy from that that era? The era of TV TV. TV TV. And this was the first thing that came to mind. And that is Clone High. Clone High is a 2002 animated series. Mm -hmm. I believe it ran for 13 episodes on MTV and Teletoon. It may have been a co-production of some sort. Canada had a hand in it because it ran on Teletoon in Canada for much longer than it aired in MTV. We'll get to that somewhat bizarre and amusing story in a moment. It was created by some now rather heavyweight individuals. At the time, they were no one. Right. But now, to a certain extent, they run the world. Clone Eye was created by two guys named Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Oh. If you have any recollection or awareness of the names Lord and Miller, you would know that they made their break into movies with Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yep. They directed that. Then they did the Jump Street movies. Then they did the Lego movie. Yeah. They do Last Man on Earth. They produced that as yep. well. And yeah, they basically can do whatever the hell they want now. And they also, it was also produced with a guy named Bill Lawrence, who worked on Created Scrubs mm -hmm. and Cougar Town. Yeah. Also shows that I, I never saw Scrubs, which will horrify many people who listen to this I've show. I've also but, never seen Scrubs. Oh my God, now they're both coming for us. <laughs> I know at least two people who listen to this program who are going to be at us for never seeing Scrubs. Uh, but Cougar Town was like alarmingly funny. It was like... You know, obviously because of the name or whatever. I was like, that show is going to be dumb. I don't want to watch that. It's actually really funny. So this was a show. Hey, don't you love a good TV TV show that I'll tell you the uh, entire plot of the show in the theme song? Yeah. I'm not going to sing it. Here's the plot of Clone High. Way, way back in the 1980s, secret government employees dug up famous guys and ladies and made amusing genetic copies. Now their clones are sexy teens now. They're going to make it if they try. Loving learning, sharing judging. Time to laugh and shiver and cry yep clone high so that is basically your gist uh you have taking the teenage clones of notable historical figures placing them in a high school run by a government stooge and his robotic butler yep named mr butlertron who calls everyone wesley for some reason they haven't figured it out yet do you not know why he calls everybody wesley no should i because wesley was a character on mr belvedere <laughs> uh... deep cuts um, your main cast include Abe Lincoln, voiced by SNL and Last Man on Earth's Will Forte. Again, Will Forte was no one at the time. Yeah. One of his first roles. He, again, voiced Abe Lincoln in the Lego movie, which I thought was a nice tip. Uh, his best friend, Mahatma Gandhi. The, his best friend, who's obviously into him, Joan of Arc. His antagonist, JFK. And the girl he lusts over, Cleopatra. Yep. And numerous other historical figures. Are present throughout the school. George Washington Carver's in there. Marie Curie's in there. 
Jesus Cristo yep. is in there. Um, and it's basically leaning very hard into a satire of teen drama Dawson's Creek type tropes. Yeah. Um, love that satire. Having watched rewatched the first three episodes of this show myself last weekend, I was amazed that I still laughed as much as I did. I thought this show held up remarkably well for being, you know, 14 years old. I'm getting the sense you do not agree, Caitlin McKinnon. I, there are so many things that I know that I want to say, and I just don't know where to begin. I will say, if I have one beef about the show, the art is terrible. I don't like the character designs. Weirdly, art doesn't really bother me. No? Art was one. Yeah, it's a it's a cartoon show. There's lots of different art styles. Everything's really angular and like yeah. flat. It looks almost like a little bit like a Picasso. Like yeah. it, it that was fine. I did not laugh until the third episode. What? Yeah, I didn't think it was. Well, the third funny. episode was the weakest. What? No. See, I I didn't think it was funny. I. At the second episode, I was like, if I don't watch the third episode, can I get away with that? No. Uh, and I didn't. I, I ended up watching the third episode. And I had seen bits of Clone High before, and I had been shown stuff because Senior Correspondent absolutely adores the show. Mm. And specifically, I've seen uh, bits from the third episode, but didn't know what they were, where they were in the series. So even though I had seen those bits before, they still made me laugh because the third episode is the ADHD episode. Yes. Fantastic. Um, so. Oh, I'm confused. I thought that. Sorry. I must be thinking. Of, I must have watched one ahead. I was thinking it was the film festival episode. No. Right, the ADHD episode. So I found the show super inconsistent. They would have a really bright spot or something I thought was humorous or funny, and Mm. then they'd do something that I thought was just stupid and not good. Like, I just, (laughs) I was like, why would they do that? Um, Third episode picked up the consistency of being funny. Um, but still there were, I mean, the, really the only funny part in that, in the, in that episode was, was Gandhi having ADHD and then Tom Green having ADHD and even the stuff up his nose thing. Like I thought it was funny a couple of times and then I just, come on, it was so, it was so overplayed that by the last bit, it just wasn't (laughs) funny anymore. I was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get it. Best dudes forever necklace. (laughs) He shoves it up his nose. Come on. I, yeah, no. Um, I did love Mr. Butler. And the and the magic sweater vest that, that was funny, um, and the teen satire bits because I was so aware of it at the Dawson's Creek time, mm. those were fantastic. Like the pier, there's a scene with the pier where Abe walks down a pier and sits down, and there's a pier right next to it, and Joan is on the pier. That's fantastic. Uh, here, here's the inexplicable like forgiveness of stupid that I will allow. Yeah, like. Abe is always having these like super feelsy moments where he like, you know, storms off. He like has some, some one liner and then storms off. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes to walk away from her and walks off the pier and you just hear a splash. And then he walks, comes back, yeah. comes back the other way. Good- it's like, goodbye, Joan. Ste- takes one step off screen, splash, comes back. Goodbye, Joan. And he's soaking wet and walks by in the other direction. See, you're laughing. <laughs> I don't think it's that funny. Love that. Um, Maybe it's because. I guess I was surprised wa- rewatching it that like we take for granted the like. I guess it's called the 30 Rock model, which is just like jokes, 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 yeah. jokes all the time. Whereas traditional sitcom is like set up, set up, set up, punchline. Yeah. Set up, set up, punchline. Yeah. 
I was surprised at how much this felt like it skewed to the 30 Rock model, like, you know, 10 years before which 30 again, Rock that, came out, which that, is just jokes, jokes, could, jokes. That could be part of it, is that you were saying it about Wonderfalls last week. Maybe I just didn't watch it at the right time, hmm. but it seems really... And this is really a product of its time. Like you said, Tom Green's on a fucking episode. Yeah, like, and, and I don't think it ages quite as well. Like, a lot of the references... That stuff and, I don't think does. Like, the cameos. Like, I don't think Marilyn you know, having Manson Marilyn Manson and, show up to sing a story about the food pyramid. Yeah. Sounds amazing when you say it <laughs> out loud. Yeah. But. And also, yeah, there were just things that they took to an extreme that I didn't find. Weirdly, because in British humor, I would think it was hilarious. But yeah. in this, I just didn't think it was funny. Um, there were moments, though, in that third episode where I was howling. And maybe it's because I live with someone who has ADHD and the elbow <laughs> skin thing comes up. And the the, the, the Paul... Re- skin thing. Yeah. And once he was playing with my elbow skin. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I got ADHD. And I didn't get it until I watched the episode. Um, or the Paul Revere song. Like, that was fantastic. Um, and then, again, senior correspondent sometimes goes too late. And I didn't know where that came from. So there's, like, obviously things that you can take that will permeate in, in society. Like, funny bits. But... I don't know, just in general, I was not really, really impressed. But even as, like, a history buff, you didn't enjoy, like, the deep cut in-jokes in there? Where, like, I did. Marie Curie is, with zero explanation, she's just, like, this mutant with, like, a giant head and yeah. one eyeball. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting, but I didn't think it was... Eh. And there were things that... King I think it's by the beer. <sighs> that, that bit was humorous, but it just wasn't... I didn't think it was funny. Um... <laughs> Let's see. I, I, they had a whole bunch of uh, tons of sexism, and sometimes sexism can be used in cartoons <laughs> like that to be funny it's or the to make a reason point. JFK is there, is to... but also it's not nothing, and nothing. No one ever learns anything, no. right? There's no, no lesson to anything ever. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. And then there were like the two gay dads. That was yeah. That's. But it again definitely a product of its time. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I just didn't. It didn't hit my funny bone, the right way. Again, maybe if I continued watching, especially because that third episode was funny. If I continued watching, I might find it interesting. But uh, or or like I I find it funnier as I continued watching. But I just for now I I'm I I'm going to botch it. In the retelling, but. Just find whatever episode Gandhi gets a rap career out of. All right. I'm going to actually make a note of that. And his name is G-Spot. Gandhi. And his song is called G-Spot Rocks the G-Spot. G-Spot. <laughs> he does like an interview with MTV News and they're basically like, so basically you just rhymed G-Spot with G-Spot. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. yeah. Gandhi. I believe that also featured, uh, you want to really rap like... Career. You want your really, like, crusty early aughts cultural reference. I believe it features a cameo from a former member of O-Town. Really? In that episode. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's the face you make for, <laughs> for when, <laughs> when O-Town is brought up. Yeah. Yep. The, uh, the the cute one, the blonde one. The only one who sang lead in O-Town. I, I don't even know. He had Spiky hair. Um, that was every <laughs> person in a boy band ever. He had Spiky tips. Well, that's tragic. I'm sorry. I feel I was the weird thing was is I was really I really thought I was gonna love it. 
Like I was ready to be like, this is amazing. Maybe you cartoons. don't like TV TV shows either. But then why do I like all these <laughs> other TV TV shows? Explain that. Why do I like Wonderfalls? No, no one can explain that. Maybe you're broken. <laughs> Maybe I'm broken. Yeah. How dare you? But anyways, I, I really wanted to like it. And I just that first episode and then that second episode and third episode was better. But there were still so many misses that I was like, uh, I don't know. So do you know the story of what happened to Clone High? Because Clone High will always be the like tragic unresolved cliffhanger of my pop culture like consumption. Okay. Let me hear the story. I don't know what happened. Uh, Clone High ends. Spoilers for a 14 year old show. Uh, like at the prom, and then basically everyone gets like flash frozen, and like that's where it's left. There's, there's been some like emotional stuff between the characters that's happened. Right. Somebody slept with somebody they shouldn't have. There's been betrayals and <laughs> things like that. Yeah. And then uh, John Stamos gets shot in the face. Oh God! Um, <laughs> not John Stamos. Not Stamos. And the uh, the government has come to basically you know programs over. It's done. It's stupid. You know yeah. this is a waste of money. We're gonna kill everybody. Um. And the government agents, all the clones, John Stamos, everybody but the principal basically gets like frozen in a in a locker. And that's how it was left. And that was the last episode. And then they never came back. Oh no. They never came back because around this time, Maxim remember Maxim? Magazine? That, remember that magazine? Yeah. I don't know what edition it was, but they posted a pictorial where uh, a Gandhi lookalike right. was being beaten up by a muscular-looking man. Right. This did not make the population of India very happy. No. While looking for articles about that, India came across Clone High. Oh, dear. Clone High was not beloved by the population of India and its depiction of Mahatma Gandhi Yes. as an ADD-afflicted... Uh, buffoon. Yep. All those things are correct. Didn't really take that too kindly. People went on hunger strikes. Seriously? People demanded the show get taken off the air. Ooh. Apparently one of the presidents of the MTV networks was in India at the time that this was happening. He'd not have a good time. No. He came back to America and said, this shit's done. Wow. And Clone High got canceled. Now... What further breaks my heart is that, given that Lord and Miller now rule Hollywood, yeah. or they're a small part of it, why can they not just finish it? They did an article on Grantland. They did an interview with Grantland last year, two years ago, maybe? Around the time 22 Jump Street was coming out. Mm -hmm. The interviewer did not want to talk about 22 Jump Street. They wanted to talk about Clone High. <laughs> Lord and Miller were super amped to talk about Clone High. Really? They still love it. It's still like their favorite thing they've ever done. Oh, wow. They basically said there's at least 15 jokes in 22 Jump Street that they just ripped off of Clone High. Oh, really? There's a running bit where a dolphin makes a noise. Yeah. You may have heard it at least once. Oh, yeah. Um, and when in the pool. In the Jump Streets. I remember being watching 22 Jump Street in a theater and hearing yeah. that dolphin noise and just being like, yes, <laughs> I'm here for that. You guys, you guys never forget. <laughs> never forget, Lord Miller. And we, all, we always here for that. But because of all the different, like, because they did it with this Bill Lawrence guy, and he had to deal with one studio, and they yeah. had to deal with another studio, it's mired in some sort of contractual whatever, and they can't just, like, get it for themselves. Right. Because they have talked about just, you know, 
fuck it we'll just throw all our money into because we love this into doing a movie oh wow and doing it ourselves but because it's still so mired in that and they're probably booked from now till 2035 like you're just gonna it, have to stick around till 2036 proven difficult but i know you're listening lord and miller they're not but secreting it to the universe give me my clone high conclusion please god just let me see how it is. I mean, I got my Firefly conclusion, so it's only fair right? you should get your uh, your Clone High conclusion. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad you love it. I'm sorry I don't. I need Black and Tan to come back. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, it's when Gandhi makes a movie with George Washington Carver, a buddy cop movie. Black and Tan. His name's Tandoori Jones, his character. <laughs> Black and Tan. And he really wants George Washington Carver to go, say What? <laughs> I think I've seen it. You clip probably of this. see it because yeah. it's again now this shit is like irritating, and like you know you see it on Family Guy and that shit's irritating. But yeah. you know, ten years before Clone High was doing it, where like he he just keeps doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Carver's like, say what? Say what? And they just keep doing it over and over again, till it goes from mildly funny to fucking annoying, to loop back around to being actually funny again. And then when they finally film the movie, all Carver can pull off is. What is that you say? <laughs> See, it's it has some bright oh, spots. It. it has some bright spots. <sighs> well, God, what's the point of asking? Kick punches. Uh, five. If you have to say, if you fail this after I <laughs> pass, basically all the garbage you've given me, it was a five. The, and and know what? I'm gonna say that episode three was a six and a half. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, senior correspondent may make me force me to watch more. And all you suckers out there on the Facebook group who want to come at me, hashtag Team Kate because I ragged on Black Books or Wonderfalls or whatever. I know you're out there and I know you love Clone High. I better see your asses in those comments coming to my defense. Except I'm mostly right most of the time. Oh my god. Team Kate. So yeah, that's that's what we got. That's what we got. Updates. He looks so, it's so despondent. We got, that, that's what we got. We got a book that was all right and somebody who's wrong. That's what we have. That book is great. That's what we have. And I'm sorry I don't like Clone High. Yeah, so Updates. hey, uh, when everybody bails on you and you have nothing to do all weekend, you just watch all the television. I wish I could have, but I was fighting Strahd. <laughs> the curse of Strahd. Uh, so I'm going off, going off a memory here. Let's see. First and foremost, this is the show that will come back later, because Caitlin's going to watch it. I am. Fleabag is fucking great. Okay. Fleabag is a six-episode show. It's on the BBC. It's on Amazon right now. It is written and stars a woman named Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who I only had ever known as being like Dist- or Defense Attorney 2 <laughs> on season two of Broadchurch. Right. She plays the lead defense's assistant. This apparently was a one-woman show she did at the Edinburgh Fringe Fest and made into a six-episode series for Channel 3. That is possibly three. a place that was she, three, could, yes. she could have put it on. Um, when you start watching it, you think it's another one of these women behaving badly type shows, a la Girls, a la Trainwreck, right. a la things like that. It is actually a story about grief. Oh. And it's hysterical and... Heartbreaking, and who plays the uh, who plays Doctor Who's partner on Broadchurch? Oh, oh, 
really well-known actress. Yeah. I know she's really well-known in Britain. But she plays, um, basically, the character is named Fleabag. It's all you ever know her of. It's like a childhood nickname that she had. And it's the only, it's the only name the Phoebe Waller-Bridge character is ever referred to as. Basically, her mother had passed away. And then her dad marries her godmother. Right. The godmother is kind of a see you next Tuesday. Right. And it's played by Doctor Who's partner. Oh, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, yes. And this is apparently atypical of the roles that <laughs> Olivia yes. Coleman tends to play. Yeah. So, and she kind of relishes it a bit. Yeah. Uh, and that's great to watch. Basically, the moment I came back from when I was like, the show is amazing. And it's like, well, let me pick one thing that will tell you why it's amazing. Her on again, off again boyfriend in the first episode that she's with. At the start of the episode, she has recently broken up with. You see why he left right. this time. Because he caught her uh, masturbating to a speech by Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yep. I was like, okay, that's, yep, I'm here, here for that. Right. You, you are showing me something I have not seen before. Uh, it does a lot of direct address, fourth wall breaking yeah. type of thing, which is because it started as a play. It started as a one-woman show. She talked to the audience a lot. She kept that element in there. I didn't find it too obnoxious, but anyway, I'm not going to get too much into it. I thought it was a fucking masterpiece, and you're going to get it the next time we do a proper episode, which we're not going to do next week because it's a holiday, but hey, we'll talk about that more at, when it happens. Yeah. Um, Atlanta, still dope. Black Justin Bieber. Okay. You're watching the episode. It's a charity basketball game. They say something about like, oh, yo, that's Justin Bieber. And you're like, are, are they, no, that's a black kid. Are you, are you, are you mocking that character is it did you say dustin bieber is this a parody it's like no in the reality of this show that's justin bieber that's amazing and he's a black kid okay sure that's why atlanta's amazing because it's like you know what black bieber sure sure that's just that's just what it is here yeah and then a fantastic side story where darius our favorite character goes to a shooting range and hangs up a target of a dog <laughs> instead of like a person right as is traditional at a shooting range yeah Everybody has a real problem with it at the shooting range. <laughs> He's like, no, listen, dogs in my neighborhood are serious. Like, <laughs> hey, it's just a piece of paper, and your piece of paper has, like, a person on it. Like, yeah. how is this a, you shoot no fucking dog? My kids are in here. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, yeah, Atlanta's dope. Uh, I also watched, coming off of Fleabag, a show called Easy on Netflix, mm -hmm. which is uh, written and directed by, it's... 13 episodes, I think. Half hours written and directed by a guy named Joe Swamberg, I think his name is. The only other thing I knew him from was a movie called Drinking Buddies. Okay. I he haven't heard any of this stuff. He does, he does mumblecore movies, basically. Oh, okay. Which is, you know, the white people who have problems. Yeah. Um, and usually in Chicago. <laughs> um, running a brewery. All of these things happen in this series. It's basically another one of these, like, you know, people having relationships type shows. Although I will give him credit for... I think basically it's like... He's apparently, like, mad prolific. He makes, like, you know, like, six movies a year. Like, he just... Right. Plus directing, like, TV episodes. Like, he just goes nuts. I think Netflix was just kind of like, hey, make some content. Here's some money. We don't care. So now he's just doing, essentially, like, half-hour, like, mini-movies. And they're all, like... The cast is bananas. Right. If you look at all the people who are, like... Like, the other... The other Franco is in... Dave? I think so, Franco? yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's in a couple episodes. Uh, Mark Maron's in an episode. Um, P. 
people I recognize from like Orange is the New Black or like the Twilight movies or you things like that. You did watch a lot of TV. Oh, I watched a lot of fucking TV because I was very depressed. If I could sing, I'd sing you a sad 80s song. Hooray. Um, easy was, uh, it was fine. It was, uh. it, it was background viewing. Yeah. It was on in the background while I did other things. I will give him credit for it's definitely the most like diverse, multicultural, multisexual type of thing I've seen from him. Like I said, most of his movies have been white people having problems. In the first episode, you'd have like this old, older married couple who like <clears throat> somebody at a party says something about like, oh yeah, it turns out that couples who have like you know gender normative roles have better sex. They're like, well, we're not having great sex because I'm an aspiring playwright who, like, takes care of the kids. And she's, like, you know, a well-to-do organic food vendor or something. Right. Um, and is that the problem with our with our sex life? And while that story's happening, you see a babysitter for, like, five minutes. And then the next episode will be about the babysitter and her, like, you know, explorations of homosexuality. But is she really? But coupled with like, or like you know pretending to be a vegan for the girl she wants to impress type of things these are all very small stories like, right there was one episode that was like just about like you know a uh, hispanic couple right and the whole episode was basically in spanish that's like, cool so you know, credit credit for these things but it was it was fine it was like you know, like five kick punches yeah <laughs> if fleabag was like nine kick punches atlanta is still like nine kick punches easy was like six kick punches I'm really glad we came up with this rating. Uh, and let's let's get to the big one, the one you're not the one you're not gonna like. Luke Cage. Not super impressed. <gasps> I'm kind of bored. Oh, that's so sad. And I can do this without spoilers. If you go in knowing, and I'm I'm assuming this, if you go in knowing that the tone is pulpy, yeah, you'll probably be a little more forgiving of it. Took me to about episode three when I realized, like, oh, that's what they're doing here. All right. It's a little pulpier. I don't think he is charismatic enough to carry a show. What? He was fine in Jessica Jones. I don't think... I'm not feeling like he can carry it by himself. I think your mood has definitely affected your viewing of this show. I just... I didn't think he could carry it. I was interested in everybody else in the show but him. Oh, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Every time he's got to be like, I've got you. I'm like, Cool. Maybe. Thankfully, you know, two thirds through, Rosario Dawson shows up and starts calling him corny, and I'm like, "Thank you, Rosario Dawson. You are the true star of Marvel Netflix." Maybe, just maybe, this show's not for you, Jordan. It's a comic book show. Yeah, maybe it's not for you. Yeah, the black stuff is all for me. I'm all here for that. Show me Harlem. No, Bring Dapper I'm, Dan I'm, up. I'm, I'm talking for the ladies. <laughs> ladies. <laughs> Does he have his shirt off? Uh, I think, yeah, he smashes he smashes Misty pretty much in like the first like twenty minutes. Ladies. <laughs> I don't think this show was made for ladies. I mean I'm gonna watch it. I think I'll it was a, I think it was aware of ladies. I don't think it was made. I don't think it was made for ladies. Uh, you never know. But I also have listen, I'm coming off of like some hot fire half hours. I am here for half hours. You're here for half hours? Granted, you know, I watch probably far too much. I watch like 11 episodes over like three days. Yeah. Probably watched way too much in too concentrated a time. But like coming off of Fleabag, coming off of Atlanta, these are hot fire half an hour. They get in, they get out. Luke Cage is an hour 
an episode and it's 13 episodes long. Fleabag, half an hour, six episodes. Bam, in and out. This is why, this is my only problem with Netflix is because you have the option of consuming it all at once. I wonder sometimes how oh, differently. Oh, it definitely affects how you take these things. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how differently it would be if you had them week to week. I think it would, like I always said, it's one thing I always said about Mad Men. I could not deal with Mad Men when I got caught up around yeah. season four and was watching it week to week with all the like incessant AMC commercial breaks. I was like, I'm so bored. <laughs> and then I listened to like, you know, the rapturous podcast culture the next day that would be like, Mad Men is the best show on television. And I'd be like, word, y'all. <laughs> I'm bored to shit right now. But. The first three seasons, when I was binging two to three at a time, yeah. without commercials, off a of DVD, I was like, Mad Men's pretty effing good. If I was watching Luke Cage week to week, might be a little more forgiving of it. But I mean, hey, look, it's doing dope shit. It's showing basement nerds in Idaho, you know, a pretty authentic version of Harlem. That's cool. That's dope. There's a lot of fan service in it. Um, not what? not for like you know not like he, not like he's running around with his shirt off although he does so you you be all right yay be and me the rest of the ladies <laughs> that they've made the show for but I mean like you know when you go to the club and Raphael Sadiq is you know singing at the club right I know who Raphael Sadiq is you have to insert him for Basement Nerds in Idaho a mention in the dialogue of both him and like his last album right. Who are some of the other people that like turn up there? Like Charles Bradley's in an episode. Like, there's a lot of bizarre like musical interludes. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool, I guess. Maybe bordering on pandering. It's not for me to say. Right. But again, who can say it's pandering for an audience and a demographic that doesn't get this ever? It's one thing for my white ass to be like, okay, you're leaning in a little hard with the like you know fan service for black folks who like neo soul. Black folks who like Neo Soul are not getting anything from any other Marvel show, so ha- nope. so have at it. Um, I don't think the villains are very compelling. I don't, not not a lot of not a lot of stakes. Didn't didn't feel like. We'll talk later. When well, you see we'll, some. well, because I, I he he's saying that because I'm making faces when of you like see, when you see some, we will talk later. Yes, and... I am not terribly impressed. I keep seeing these articles about like Luke Cage is Marvel Netflix's best show. No, Jessica Jones was Mar- Marvel Netflix's best show. Oh yeah, it's gonna. I don't. I don't know if it'll beat that, but I am excited to see. It. And not everything can be a Jessica Jones or a first season of Daredevil, right? Like, I just feel like, you know, so when Daredevil came out, everybody went, "Holy shit, this is really violent." Yeah. And Daredevil was like the violence show. Yeah. In a way that no other Marvel thing, like you know, the cinematic universe was not going to get violent like Daredevil got violent. Yeah. It wasn't going to get sexy like Jessica Jones got sexy. I guess it's not going to get black like Luke Cage gets black. I don't think Jessica Jones got sexy. <laughs> there was sex in it. There was actually like yes, sex there was. depicted on screen. There wasn't. Yes, you are correct. Which was like, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, that's true. Um, This has got, this has got sex. Were there boobs? Were there actual boobs? I don't think there were boobs. Oh, and I can't speak. Here's another thing. I'm just putting this out there for the people that they're interested. I can't speak to this, obviously. But I did read an article by a writer named Justin Charity about the his issues with kind of the bizarre strain of black conservatism that runs through the show. Okay. Like, Luke Cage doesn't like the N-bomb. 
Okay. And as a character, and apparently as an actor, apparently Mike Holter said that was a thing for him. Like, he didn't want Luke Cage to be okay with right. being called the M-bomb. And there are other, like, discussions about being black in the world that for this writer, Justin Charity, he thought seemed kind of outdated and felt like a take on blackness made for white America That's, sort of thing. I'll that, find the article. I'll link to it on the page. But I was <laughs> I was impressed they used the N-bomb. No, <laughs> not impressed that they used the N-bomb. But I always wonder about these things if you're going to go for any sort of authenticity for that culture and that place in the world that word is a big part of their culture yeah they say it a lot i remember when grand theft auto san andreas came out wondering okay but this is like a video game quote-unquote for kids like how are you going to tell this story are you going to tell the story without m-bombs well no within like you know first five minutes of the, vi- the first cinematic in the game and bombs and mfers were getting dropped and i'm like okay yeah no okay we're fine yeah <laughs> I wondered the same thing about Luke Cage. It's like, are are you gonna are you gonna go there? Like, that's that's a bit of a hot tamale for, you know, a major giant company like Marvel to start throwing M bombs out there. But they did, with little, with little fuss, with little like, gasping of that sort of thing. I don't know. It's it's weird. The sense I get from people who live in like, Harlem and in that part of New York and grew up in that part of New York, they are thrilled to see all this sort of stuff yeah out there i always make fun of the you know argument about like fan service sucks if it hurts the story when we talk about like boobs and and butts but if it's an awkward shoehorning of like a harlem businessman in the real world like dapper dan shows up in like the fourth episode dapper dan's not really a good actor (laughs) but he's there to just kind of be like what's up y'all we know it's that real harlem shit Okay, I respect you for doing it, but it's creating kind of a clunky, awkward scene in the story. Difficult balls to juggle. I don't think it always Works. pulls it off. Anyway, those are all. That's that's my rambling about watching way too much Luke Cage in a weekend. That yeah, and I'm interested to see what of those points I see or I don't see, because I'm just some white kid watching He's a show got about his shirt off. You'll be fine. Harlem. Oh, good. <laughs> But I just mean it's a really interesting because we do want more diversity, but what that means that there's going to be other issues brought up, right? And but other I mean, concerns. Diversity, huzzah! It's still a superhero story, and yeah. I've seen a lot of these. I know how it's going to go. He's going to bump up against a crime lord, then somebody's going to have some weapon that can actually hurt him, and he's going to be like, "Oh my god, I got shot!" But I'm Luke Cage, and then they have to figure out like, how do we save his life? Which they already did in Jessica Jones when he got the shotgun blast. Yeah. to the head and got like concussed yeah. yeah those beats get repeated and it's a marvel netflix show so the first you know the villain in the first half is not going to be the villain in the second half type of thing like dun, dun, dun. Bah, bah, bah. So stop spoiling it jordan you've seen like three of these <laughs> at this point you know the beats that are going to get hit it's I just know. like the cinematic universe you know you you watch an iron man seven or captain america farmer's market <laughs> whatever and you, you know the beats that are going to get hit yeah personality moment action scene debrief from the action scene chase scene another action scene i did really like civil war just saying that's, that's the farmer's market one right yeah yeah okay. um okay well at least is it watchable oh yeah okay i mean you should if you've been watching any other of these you should watch it 
I don't listen. In retrospect, I should have said the weather's not that bad out. And left my house after like episode four. Yes, you should have. <laughs> just just as a general rule for life, not necessarily anything <laughs> yeah. to do with Luke Cage, but Okay, well, do you want to hear about something that was not watchable? Of course I do. That thing you gave me to watch. The thing that you were like... Oh my god, yes! Uh... I forgot about this. <laughs> Alright. Oh man, this is going to be this is gonna be a hot take. I'm just going to set this up and I'm going to hand it over to Caitlin. So I was uh, perusing uh, Amelia Cook's Twitter a couple weeks ago. I saw this random tweet in there that was... So the show of the season has been this... Or the show of last season, because we're into the new season yeah. now. Yeah. Side note, uh, Yuri on Ice, the figure skating anime by the director of Michiko and Hachin, mm-hmm. debuted on the weekend. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm so psyched, you guys. <laughs> so psyched. Fucking figure skating anime. Are you kidding me? It's going to be amazing. Random tweet about how, like, so the show of last season was this show called ReZero, which was another one of these, like, you know, loser ends up in a fantasy world type of thing. Okay. And, All right. But apparently ReZero did some interesting things with, like how the dude gets fixated on this one girl. And basically the hook is he keeps dying and groundhog daying it. Like he dies and goes back to a save point and he falls in love with this woman, Amelia and, or this half elf girl named Amelia and keeps like helping her. And apparently there's this really great scene about two thirds through or at the halfway point where he basically like flips on her about like, why don't you fucking appreciate me? Yeah. And she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know who the me you think I am is like, right. Just really kind of like smashing that fanboy otaku, like romanticism of women type thing, which is really unexpected to a lot of people. Anyway, we're not talking about ReZero. We're talking about this random tweet that was on retweeted by Amelia Cook from somebody at the anime news network, basically saying that like there was a show talking about the differences between like Western and Eastern audiences, how like this show called B Project was outselling ReZero. Right. But that there's so little interest for it in the States that they weren't even cut. The Anime News Network wasn't even like wasting a writer to cover it or review it, even though it was like the top selling thing in Japan. There's like so zero interest in America that they weren't even bothering to look at it. You know me, Kate McKinnon. Yeah, I do know you. I like to be contrarian. (laughs) If everybody's like about... Man, ReZero is like the show of the season. And then I hear, but there's a show in Japan that's outselling it. I'm going to watch the show that's outselling it. Yes, you are. And I fire up this show. And it's called B Project. And it's about a male idol group. It is. Rather, a collective of three Ma- units. Yes, yeah. Uh, one called Kitakor, which is a duo. One called I Don't Remember, who is a trio. <laughs> and one called Moons. Yeah. It's like an eight piece or something. And there's like 47 of them in this group. <laughs> Not quite that much. And it's your standard idol group story where, like, you know, some girl gets plucked from working in a CD store and she's not going to be the A&R for all these beautiful boys and managing them and helping them with their problems as they try to become successful. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is just cheap fan service for women. I need Caitlin to watch this as part of our ongoing discussions of fan service and anime. yeah. Caitlin always complains. Dudes ain't never getting naked or taking their shirts off. Yeah. Kate. Yeah. A lot of dudes got naked and took their shirts off. In the first episode? I don't remember if it was in the first episode. Because I was waiting, waiting. <laughs> There's a lot of dreamy eyes and like... Uh, it was just... It was so bad. It's trash. It oh, it's so terrible. bad. And my big problem is... Um, so the first thing was, I didn't understand that it was anime. So when you told me like about it... When I told it, you, you didn't think it was anime? Yeah. Oh, okay. well, so I clicked on the link and I was like... 
Oh man. <laughs> it's a fucking anime. Uh, so I started watching it. I wanted hairless Asian boys. Well, no, that's the thing. I, I'm not into the boy brand sort of, uh, what, what do I want to call them? Um, product, mm. the cookie cutter mold, like the mold. Yeah. I, I don't find that interesting at all. And every single one of the, them in the anime, they all have colored hair. Oh yeah. And weirdly colored hair. How are you going to tell them apart? Well, exactly. When they have to repeat colors, a dude will have two different colored eyes. And they all look the, the same, but they're like different heights. Yeah. Like, that's about it. Yeah. And they're just, I I don't know. They just, I, uh, it was weird and I didn't like it. I think it was the moment where like, you and you probably didn't get to this point where like the next episode yeah. wasn't even like scenes from the next episode. It was one of them shirtless lying in bed, <laughs> basically saying something about like. You know, you can fall asleep on my chest type of thing. Do they, do they like, show butts? I didn't see butts. There's a lot of the, like, you know, Ken doll hip bone action. Yeah. You know, like D'Angelo and the How Does It Feel Vit in the Untitled video, where it yeah. just dips scandalously low. Yeah. Where you get, get, the, get the Ken leg joint See, action. then that's not really fan service. It's got to be butts? There's got to... Come on. Boobs and butts, and you're just going to give me upper body torso? What is this? Free the pee, as you know. Caitlin. Abs. They're not even abs. They're like stick figures that they've like put they're some shading ve- they're on. They're all very emaciated. Yeah, exactly. That is not... Gotta have some oomph. The one, no with the, oomph. the one with the flower in his hair who's really like Bashonin, like yes, straddling very, both sides. Well, he, yeah, he's very... that He's very effeminate. Just straight up effeminate. Um, at first I thought maybe he was like a girl, but he wasn't. He was a boy. Um, which is fine. I just was like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, so I, no, there's no interest. It's not the same at all. They're not shot the same way. Like there's just so much. Maybe I have to watch some more of it to Hmm. know for sure. Hmm. But there were no angles on those shots that I saw. There were no angles. There were no upward angles. You didn't like see the inner thigh of any of the guys. Uh, Friends, I've watched, I watched a lot of this <laughs> the last week it's been my at work break show mm-hmm. um so i'm probably at like episode I only ran like 12 episodes i think i was at like episode five the first like three or four episodes have her like going the first episode she's solving a problem for the duo yeah. and then the next yeah. one is with the trio and oh, that's what it was they had to film <laughs> the second episode the trio is doing a magazine shoot yeah and they have to wear like cat ears, yeah, and go like, <laughs> like little cat stuff. And the one serious musician who's yeah. in this group, he's got the black hair. That's yeah, you know yeah, that's musician. how you know he's serious. He's grumpy. He's, he's, a, he's a grumpy guy. He is a grumpy guy. He is not having it. No, he's not wearing these fucking cat ears. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of magazine montage, then like cutely batting at each other with the little cat ears on. <laughs> and in the third episode, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely some hot spring bathing. In the episode after that, if I recall. Yeah, I just, it's not, I, it's not processed in the same way at all. Well. But, and it's garbage. Our brief, oh, Hot garbage. Trash. Such trash. Uh, our brief detour into <laughs> fan service for ladies. Caitlin is saying no. It's not up to snuff. Hard pass. Um, And finally, there's just one more thing I mm. need to bring up. Letters? We have mail. We have mail. We have mail. Who sent us mail? It doesn't matter who sent us mail. You're making this up. I'm not making it up. I wouldn't ever make up mail. The email address goes to my phone too, Caitlin. I saw nothing. I didn't get it through email. Oh. So there you go. Do you want to hear the, the mail or not? <laughs> sure. Hit me with the mail. <clears throat> Dear Geek Down, 
Your show looks to find out where your fandoms intersect. I'm curious where they intersect before the show and what media was shared beforehand that we won't hear reviews of. Oh. Can you think of anything that we... that we? Is there anything I brought you before the show that I was like... I'm sure there is. I can't think of anything off the dome, though. This may have to come up in in a very special episode. I Same with me. I couldn't think of anything in particular that we... There has to be. We've been at this for... For a while. We've been at this for too long. I mean, you've given me some comic books. I know that. Um, I mean, obviously, I was one of the people who was like, Doctor Who, Doctor Who, Doctor Who. Um, but there's got to be some other stuff as you well. May have been, you know, I mean, you were a Firefly proponent. Yep. Definitely. Yep. You and you and another friend of mine from Portland uh, named Carly. You two were the two who were like Firefly all day. And I was like, it's just Cowboy Bebop. And you were like, fuck you, watch it. And then it was on Netflix and I watched it all in like two days. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, if, and that that's my that's my like having given it no thought. That's the first one I can think of is like probably Firefly. I don't know what I might have given given you i remember you and kayam one of my favorite stories is when we were working at major canadian retailer thank you uh and we were working away and you and kayam hand delivered saga to me <laughs> and we're like so they got together and did a focus group and they came up with this comic that, for you that is the exact phrase i used at the time i was reading yeah. it. i was like it's got humping it's in space it's got magic yeah there's a tree that's a rocket ship there's a half torn apart ghost babysitter. Yeah. It's got babies. <laughs> it's got everything I it's love. Everything Caitlin loves. Spider lady. Anyways, so <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that I know for and we we have brought up Saga before, but because it's amazing. Um but there are other comic yeah, books as well. That's a tragedy of this show is we'll never get to like outright tell you that you should be reading Saga, but dear god, if you're not reading Saga, you read should saga. be reading Saga, yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll th- we'll talk about that for um, a the next episode, which we have decided is going to be, as you said, a, a very, very special. special episode of Geek Down. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, next week is Thanksgiving in Canada because we hold it during the right month, <laughs> and as such, you will still get an episode. We're not we're not taking a break. You're still gonna you're still gonna get an episode. However, we're going to take this opportunity over the holiday to actually catch up. Yeah. There are so many things lying around so now many. that over the over the months of doing this show, it's been like, I really like that. But then you got to be on to the next one. Yeah. And you don't really have time to be like. And you're like working. It's like, oh, man. Writing. You gave Michiko and Hotchin a perfect score. I know. And I and still. you have never been back to I've it. I've never been back to it. So we are going to take this opportunity next week to revisit some of these items. We're going to demand, actually, I believe. At least one. There will be at least one. That one thing that we did we decide if it's something we liked or not liked. We're just gonna make them go I don't back. No, um, we haven't figured. Well, that friends, out you'll yet. find out as soon as we do. But that's what next week's gonna be. It's gonna be update time. Yeah. So we hope you're, you you come back and you can join us with your your turkey and your stuffing if you're in Canada. Yeah, when you're when you're zoning out on that trip to fan and you wanna you wanna hang with your BFFs, make a little little hot hot turkey sandwich. Yeah. We'll be here. That was usually that was usually my jam back at the homestead. Oh, open faced hot turkey sandwiches. Open faced. You go open faced. Open faced. Open faced. Hot takes. Yep. Hot takes on, <laughs> on the hot turkey sandwich. <laughs> on that note, I got a hard out because guess who's got to work tonight? And I gotta go to sleep. <laughs> nice to know that one of us will. <laughs> 
friends, thank you so much for joining us every week. As we said at the top, it is Geek Down Pod on all your socials or on the Facebook group. Which is www.facebook.com forward slash Geek Down Pod. Find us on there. Thank you so much for joining us. As you do every week, it means the world to us, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Kate McKinnon. We hope you will join us again next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. now five minutes of kate just mashing buttons <laughs> I, I figured i was gonna figure it out eventually wings pop out of the thing <laughs> it ignites and flies through the roof <laughs> oh, kate i didn't even know my fan could do that thanks you gotta press some buttons sometimes uh, also your fan <laughs> is screwed up now <laughs>